Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 485. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who does want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. I think a slightly abbreviated uh, show today because we got a lot of things cooking, don't we, sweetie? Yes. Um, so, but we cannot forget about my quick takes, sweetie. And I think you're going to like these quick takes. Usually don't like them. Right. But I got a feeling these ones you're going to like because it's by uh, the Representation Project. Okay. Jennifer Newsom. You know her, right? I do. She did uh, the Masculine Living and Misrepresentation. The Misrepresentation. And I get her newsletter, and it's one of the few ne- newsletters I actually look like. Um, but that these you look like? That I look at. My, by the way, just in case you're like, wow, Todd seems off today. It's because Todd is off today. <laughs> My brain's a little uh, tired. Had a long, awesome weekend with uh, 19 other men on the men's retreat, but I'm still kind of like frazzled in a good way. So... Um, these are the bullet points from Jennifer's newsletter. Um, the first woman-only spacewalk is happening on March 29th. Mm-hmm, I knew that. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Did you also know that working long hours, 55 hours per week, causes depressive symptoms in women but not men? This may be due to the fact that women are also doing mostly unpaid household labor when they get home. Correct. Because you- it's not 55 hours of work. It's 55 hours of one line of work. Right. Uh, The third one is movie studios are releasing a record 18% of movies directed by women in 2019. Oh, that's wonderful. Up from 3% last year. Wow. So it's going up to 18% from 3%. So obviously we'd love for it to be more like 50-50, but for them to go from 3 to 18 is pretty incredible. Yes. I think think so. I think there are... um, Certain organizations, people, um, certain ways that uh, things are being written and expected of certain companies. Like, let me let me just speak of someone specific, like Michael B. Jordan. He has it with his production company. He totally did the uh, the inclusion writer that. Um, uh, that's what uh, what's her name was talking about yeah, from stage. That's where he got the idea. Oh, really? He heard her speech, uh, Frances McDormand, and she said inclusion writer, and he said my production company will be one that has a. An inclusion writer. So that means that you have to have equality amongst your staff. Like you have to, like you have to find people. It's not just about, well, this is what was easiest or this is who I've worked with. It's about deciding to make an impact on the, um, that, that area of work and bringing in people who are really talented, who you may, you know, you may not have known before, but they have something to offer that changes everything. Then we have a different voice, a different, uh, vision for our movies. Uh, and in that regard, the speech worked. Her Correct. speech. Correct. Um, and then two more things. Matias Benitez and Matt Chen. Do you know who these young men are, sweetie? I don't think so. They uh, attend a school called Regis, which is on the up. It's a prestigious Jesuit boys school on the Upper East Side. And you know what they did? What? They started the first feminist club at an all boys high school. Cool. The two boys were concerned with sexist comments they overheard in the hallways and felt that their conversations about women in the classroom were obviously under par. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about, so they have meetings, a bunch of dudes getting together, having meetings, talking about uh, the gender treatment of teachers, safety at school dances, and host occasional joint meetings with Marymount, a nearby girls' school. So hats off to Matthias and Matt. Well, it's smart. It affects them too. You they're, know, people look at that and say, oh, isn't that nice that they're doing that for women? They're 
hopefully doing it for themselves too. That's right. They're doing it because the the imbalance affects their lives as well. What they are is they're exemplifying what it means to be sitting inside the mature masculine. Yeah, and mature human being. You know, like I totally know what you mean because they are boys and they are demonstrating a healthy masculinity, but it's that compassion for all. That's right. You know? And then last but not least, women pay more for car insurance than men with the same driving record. And only six states outlaw this discrimination. I guess that doesn't surprise me. Me neither. But anyways, so that is um, good old Jennifer Newsom. So thank you. like people who are, and again, it's not the same thing because what you're talking about is sexism, which is the belief that women don't drive as well. Right. Um, When I am a better driver than you because I got a better score on the test. Um, That's what I call... Sweetie, just because you... That's a sc- backup sound. What does that have to do it with it? means back up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because you scored higher on your nerd test doesn't mean that you're a better driver than me. But I'm a really good driver. You're a really good driver. And I think you're that you... are almost as good of a driver as I am. Well, I think I trust you as a driver, and I think you're good, but I think you get cocky as a driver. I'm a little more aggressive. Well, you're aggressive, and you, you are very much like, oh, I can drive with my knee. Oh, I can put my foot out the window. It's kind of a, like Sweetie, a cocky... my feet need to breathe. No, they don't. Yes, they then do. Then let them breathe at home, not while we're driving down the street. <laughs> because Sweetie, it's a you go down the interstate at like 68 miles an hour. Which is the speed limit. Nobody, everybody's going 75. Well... I think that I keep up just fine. Like, I don't feel like I'm afraid on the road. I'm not, I'm not, uh, if I need to be aggressive, I will be. I have no problem driving anywhere. Like, I'll drive anywhere in the city. Um, You know, I'll drive in new environments. You know, like, if we travel somewhere, I'm happy to drive. Like, I'm very um, confident. I just think that sometimes that I think what's helped when you're driving with your knee is me saying, you're not the only one in this car. Like you may feel confident, but there's three children in the back seat, and I'm here. And so it's not about you're a bad driver. It's just if you really want to do that on your own. Sweetie, cool. I'm going to quote Chainsaw from the movie Summer School that Mark Harmon was in in the 1980s. Everybody knows this movie. <laughs> and he and Chainsaw says to Mark Harmon, "We just got lapped by an old lady with a walker, and that's what happens with you." Really? Do you really think people lap me when I'm driving? By old ladies with a walker. No, you're not that bad. No. But you do drive slower than the average on the interstate. So safer and more mindful. Uh, in the words of uh, Dave <laughs> from summer school, he says, it's enough of safe and sane. It's time for dumb and dangerous. Yeah. And they're in high school and you're 47. So maybe we don't act that way. The moral of the story is everybody's got to go rewatch a great movie called Summer School. That's what, that's the moral of the story. It's one of those movies like, like back to school that you like that it's, they're just Sweetie, not really you just that said good. that because the word school is in it. Well, no, no, it reminds me, you love back to school. Summer School and you is love a better school. movie than back to school. Back to School is with Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> and I don't think that aged well, but Summer School ages pretty well. well. And I've been spending a lot of time watching, listening to this podcast called The Rewatchables. Yeah. Did they do um, summer school? No, because oh. it's not a good enough movie, but uh, it just reminds me of watching, rewatching old movies. Well, and I, I will say about the podcast, The Rewatchables, because I also listen to it as well. It is very masculine heavy. Yes. And some of the, every once in a while, they will have, um, I think her name's Allison. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a woman who will be with them, which helps. Yeah. But um, sometimes they, it, 
you can I there's some talking over. So her. just so just so we know, just so you guys know what this is, it's a podcast where the, a handful of people, usually guys, usually guys, get in a room and talk about classic movies right. like The Godfather and right. like The Big Lebowski. Yeah, and they just recite their favorite scenes and all this other or stuff. Or even so. you know comedies. They did Wedding Crashers and they actually just did Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I like it. Like I don't want to be like, oh, they're not good at what they do because they're very knowledgeable and they're critics and they they know other movies actors have been in like. I like listening to that because I, I'm not as knowledgeable as they are, but that in, like, I know what they're talking about, right? You know, like, you know, these character actors they're referring to. Mm. I remember a lot of the things they bring up, a lot of the quotes, um, but it's very masculine. Mm. I mean, it's a lot of sports analogies. It's a lot of throwing things out there that I'm like, what are they talking about? So if there's wives who are married to husbands and you want to give your uh, husband a resource that he might really enjoy in the same way that I do, um, do a search for the rewatchables. There's nothing I like better than telling people to not listen to our show and go listen to other people's shows. <laughs> well, and there may be a lot of women who like it as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, again, I know you're saying that because I'm right away saying that it's very masculine in nature, but I do enjoy, the, I think a lot of women will enjoy it too. For it's sure. just, you have to know what you're getting. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's feels a little bit like watching ESPN. Yeah. I mean, I think women, I think these guys, I think they're sports people yeah. and they just decided to do a podcast. Yeah. So, but aren't they critics? Aren't they uh, movie Bill, critics? I think Bill. I don't know the deal. Bill Simmons used to work with ESPN. He used to have his own radio thing, and then I think he's kind of a, a rebel, and he just started his own thing oh, and doing it very well. Interesting. So, um, so we're talking about public shaming. Yeah. This week. Um, yeah. Can you clue us in on sure. what we're talking about? So I, I'm. We kind of just decided to do this because I was watching the interview that John Oliver did with. Um, Monica Lewinsky this weekend, and he did a whole thing about public shaming. And I, I think that it's it's on my mind a lot, especially after last week with the college admission scandal. And even though I have a lot of feelings about that college admission scandal, and it's very unfortunate, and obviously they'd been tracking these people a long time, um, Operation Varsity Blues, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was called. Um, I, I really think that... Sometimes. Some people may be listening to this a year from now. Mm-hmm. So can you just quickly sure. say what that scandal was? So they just, uh, there was an FBI um, investigation. investigation where they found that around 50 people, all of them uh, very wealthy people, had in some form or another gotten their children or were attempting to get their children into universities um, that maybe they weren't, wouldn't otherwise be able to get into on their own, or they were helping them cheat, um, the SAT or the ACT to then help them get into a university. So basically it was, it wasn't nepotism is when you like help someone in your, like you're in some kind of line of work and then you have your children do that. I think that's the definition of nepotism. This was more just about having money and um, paying for your children to get some kind of special, you know. Privilege. Privilege. And, you know, it was beyond privilege. It still doesn't make sense to me. And I, I, even though I've read a ton about it, I don't understand how you you say, yeah, this child is going to take um, a place that is that is created for someone on crew and then take pictures So you don't understand the logistics of I, it. Well, like, you take a picture of them doing crew, but they don't really do crew. So what but happens then they when they the get place. there? Yeah, I don't understand how that plays out. And it's kind of besides the point. Somehow they figure out how to cheat. Yeah, they, it's, it was basically a big cheat. So, yeah. so we all heard that, and of course... 
you know, it, when it first broke, the only focus was on two people, the two famous people being Lori Loughlin and um, f- what's her name? Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman. Yeah, William H. Macy. And she are married and have children. And that was unfortunate, too, because they were basically the face face of, of it all for every single person who made this choice. But again, they chose to go down this path. They were they chose to cheat instead of um, recognize that, uh, first of all, see what their children could do on their own. Yeah. A. I mean, that's the kind of the interesting thing. I've had so many deep thoughts about it, because if you do have money, you have access to certain schools, certain opportunities, travel opportunities where your children are being educated. Um, in so many different ways, but I guess to them, education to them meant something of status, mm. like you are at this school, and I don't know. Uh, but as I could go down that path, but that's not really what I wanted to talk about because we all have feelings about that, but it's really interesting how we jump on the bandwagon of shaming people. Mm. Yeah, I think this is a really good discussion, and you know, not to get ahead of it, but... Obviously, these people did some ridiculously stupid things, but I didn't, uh, the volume that the, the attention that it got, I didn't quite understand. I mean, I know there's, these people are semi-famous and, uh, but I, I just, it, it was weird how big of a story it was. And I didn't know if it was a vehicle of, there wasn't much going on in the news that week or, or what. So anyways. I think the reason it was such a big deal is that it's something that we kind of always knew was happening and then it got verified. Mm. Um, and I think if you have, we haven't gotten there yet with our children, but if you have experienced um, the college admission process and maybe either been rejected or have not even been, have not even had access to certain right. schools um, or you realize how hard it is just, you know, for everyday person to get their children what they need education wise. And then, you know, to many of us walk around thinking, you know, people who have money are privileged and they have access to things and we think that, but then when we're, when it's shown to us so blatantly, it almost feels like a soap opera. Like this is so blatant. And it makes people, I think, feel good about themselves because they weren't doing this. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it, you know, it's, it's interesting. Depends on who you say that to, because the, the sentence you just said, I don't know why it was such a big deal. Some people agree and say, yeah, I, you know, this seemed really people cheat and steal all the time. And there was something about this that taps into our greatest fears Mm -hmm. and also what we already know, but kind of don't want to pretend isn't really happening. Um, And I don't mean it's our fault. I mean, like we, we know, but again, I'll say what I just said a few minutes ago to have it so blatantly demonstrated to us where people are cheating so in such an obvious manner, like someone else is going to take this test for you. I'm going to Photoshop your, your, your face onto this picture and to get you into school. And that so many people go along with it. I think it, it, it starts to eat away at our belief in humanity. Mm -hmm. I think it starts to kind of like chip away at, at, us believing that people who make poor choices have consequences. Um, And so I think what we do in this kind of experience is is it's not just this scandal, this FBI issue. It brings up everything in us where we've ever been cheated or someone wealthy has somehow gotten something. Plus, it's just a juicy, you know, celebrities getting caught cheating. Wealthy ones, you know. Say the word. What's the word? Schneidenfrude. 
<laughs> I can never pronounce it well. Those Germans with their with their words. Schneidenfrüge. Schneiden so which, yeah, it's just a, it's just a juicy topic. Which basically the definition of that word that Todd and I can't pronounce is that we take joy in other, other people's, people's um, issues and challenges and problems, and we take joy in it because we have maybe for a while believed that they we wanted what they had or yeah. that they had something we didn't have, and then when it's taken away from them. It makes us feel better about, like you said, Todd, ourselves. And and this is where public shaming stems from, which is, you know, really what, I, what I'm hoping we talk about, which is there is something so important. It, again, all the feelings that we have about this experience, like it's so normal to feel cheated, especially if you've gone through the process, like all your frustration and anger is justifiable. Um, you know, it's something that you're feeling. It's It can be something that triggers something from your own childhood, um, you know, experiencing people who get away with things that they shouldn't. I think that we also have in a bigger way, even leadership right now getting away with that kind of thing where we see people cheating or lying and they it feels as if they're getting away with it. So it just kind of keeps highlighting that idea. But I think we also have to be thoughtful about some humility, um, not about saying, you know, I, I know in myself I would never make a choice to, to cheat in this way, but at the same time realizing that some people in the circumstances that they're in um, may make poor choices that don't define every aspect of their lives. Right. Um, these people who have gone, who are experiencing this public shaming or, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond public shaming. It's an FBI investigation. From what I've heard, every person that is being indicted or has been indicted faces up to five years in prison. Yeah, it's really, it's pretty really significant. serious. My gosh. Yeah. And I think that they, because this is the biggest operation, FBI investigation they've ever done, um, that people will be, they're going to use it as an example. So I, 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 I don't, these people made choices and they're having to deal with the consequences. Yeah. And at the same time, I don't think it's in our best interest to constantly pilot on these people. Um, well, you, they, they have to go through the system. Correct. They have to consequences deal whatever cause but the the once the public shaming that happens i just i don't and maybe it's because it doesn't impact me yeah um because i can understand why parents like hey listen my kid wanted to go to that school and your kid got in because because your kid got in and mine didn't have a chance so i can understand it so i guess i'm i'm kind of i don't deserve to be able to say this isn't a big deal because it is a big deal to the the people who are impacted by it. But there's a lot of people that are not impacted by this that get really, really upset. Well, and I think, again, it speaks to that bigger thing of the, you know, Oz behind the curtain, which is sometimes we like to believe that things are operating on Mm. the up and up, that even though we hear stories or we, you know, we think, oh, the, the people at the top are making good choices, or I can at least trust my, you know, my child in this process. I can trust that they're going to get, if they've worked hard, that, you know, they're going to get the American dream. And then sometimes when these things happen, like I said, you feel like you see behind the curtain and you're like, oh my gosh, it's this is a up. sham. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, while there's a truth to that, there's, it doesn't mean everything is a sham. So there's a, a, two different things we're talking about here. Number one is public shaming and piling on to people because of our and then the other piece is recognizing that while this is a, a scandal and this is a real thing um, and this is against the law and it's against maybe our own you know integrity um, and values 
it doesn't mean it's happening everywhere. Right. You know, it doesn't, it did happen, it does happen, but there are people. Yeah, it doesn't mean the whole system's corrupt. Right. It means that That's, there's people that took yeah. advantage of the system, but there's also really good, smart people that live in their own integrity that who make decisions based upon the merit of the kids who are coming through. Correct. So, you know, one of the things that I'm learning through some of my new training is don't speak inarguably. Mm. There's the always never. Right. There, there's, there's not a whole lot of always never. I'm not there's, a big fan of always never. Yeah. And I think the in-between of always never is humility. Mm-hmm. I think it's realizing that um, we do have to have our own set of values and I do and and have a sense of, you know, living in integrity of, of am I practicing what I preach? Am I living in the way that I'm, you know, teaching my children? Am I showing up in a way that I'm expecting other people to show up in? And also realizing that there's human components Mm -hmm. where sometimes maybe you say something and it does offend someone, but you didn't mean it that way. Like just as an example, it's kind of a dumb example, but I was just listening to it. I was listening to Gwyneth Paltrow on um, Dak Shepard's podcast. And they they talked briefly about when she said she and Chris Martin were going to consciously uncouple. You remember that? They got got ripped apart, right? Yeah. and, And first of all, you're thinking, Thinking about this is a public shaming too because you're thinking about a woman like take take her name away from it for a second and don't think about Gwyneth Paltrow think about a woman who's married who her parents are still married all of her friends are still married she has two children she never thought she'd get divorced and she's going through a divorce for those of you who have had that experience you know how how horrible that can be right. challenging and scary so you've got a woman going through a divorce now tack on the fact that she is Gwyneth Paltrow and everyone's going to know about it and and her husband her ex-husband is famous and her children are going to you know, deal with that. So then there's an issue. And then, so what you do is you decide, I want to do this in a way that is not harmful to my children. And she didn't coin this phrase. Uh, she, went, she used it. She used it. So she started working with a therapist and she said, we're going to do our best to consciously uncouple. Now she's saying it to help her herself and her children and her life. And she's trying to share in such a way that demonstrates to the world, I'm going to do the best I can with this really awful situation. Now, how people ended up reading it was, you think you're better than me. Mm. You're telling me I did my divorce wrong because I have a contentious relationship. You're telling me through Mm. your words. It's such a, it's a mirror to everybody. Correct. That's all it is because conscious uncoupling, like that sounds like a pretty good gig. Right. And people like, there's some, sometimes there's people that uh, don't feel good about and how they did something. Right. And instead of looking at it themselves, and believe me, I do this in other parts of my life sure. too, so I'm not preaching, but Gwyneth would uh, symbolize a part of you that that we're not willing to look at. So instead, it's easier just to project it out onto her. Well, and she becomes a symbol. You know, I have myself been triggered by her before and have had to kind of wonder why. And she becomes a symbol of things that we think we should have or want or that someone's been given more than they deserve or whatever our story is, yeah. you know, whatever our story is with money, with fame, with looks, with opportunity, we project it on her and say, you think you're better when really she's never said that. Yeah. She's um, telling her story of her life. And one of those stories was like her dad took her to Paris when she was a little kid. Yeah, that's a great story. Right. And people are like, you know, what a privileged little white girl going to Paris with her dad. I'm like, there's plenty of rich people that do a lot of rich things. But so why is she being so 
but she's a celebrity. It's part of it. It's part of it. And she's not only a celebrity, she's like a very beautiful, well-spoken. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of things. And it she and so we may say, well, she should just feel lucky. But when you become that kind of lightning rod, yeah. she there's a challenge in living there, too. I you almost know? feel like you're in a no-win situation. You are. And that's the thing is I think one of the things, I'm not even all the way done with the interview, but one of the things she decided is I just have to live because I'm going to trigger people no matter what I say or do. Um, and if I try and act too over myself, mm-hmm. then I'm not in my integrity. But if I try and act, if I try to like not step on people's toes, I'm never going to be able to say anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to have to be myself. But I think she's a good example of how we public shame too. Is anything we don't have, we end up think we end up thinking the people who have it are somehow bad. Yeah. And I think that you know, again, we can point our fingers outside at other people and say, "Can you believe the way those people shamed or the article that was written about her?" But we can't do anything about anybody but ourselves. And so, anybody listening to this, this is an opportunity for you to. Sweetie, think, I'm going to give you one of those. Oh, thank you. We can't do. What did you say? We can't, we can't do anything about everybody else who's writing the articles or saying the negative things because we can't control that. But can we? go online and maybe make a choice before we post something, even even an article, yeah. you know, um, can we make um, a choice about what we say underneath an article? Can we make a choice about maybe not responding? You know, Todd and I, I would say are, we're actually not, we're, we're social networkers, but we're not like, we don't have like a marketing plan. You no. know, we're, we're not like, we're going to post two things each day, and but yeah. we don't have that kind of thing. It's called doing what feels right, <laughs> right in the moment. Yes. But I will say that there are choices that I make occasionally to not post or comment about certain things um, because I don't feel that I could do it well. Yeah. And I don't, I think I would just be jumping on a bandwagon and I also am not sure how I feel about yeah. certain things. I want to go get in this interview with John Oliver. Yes, let's do it. But before we do that, I want to talk about our first partner of the week, which is Boogie Wipes, Boogie Boogie, Boogie Wipes, Boogie Boogie. That's not a real song. That is going to be their new song. Okay. Actually, Could I Could you have used like a song that really had Boogie in it rather than making up a song? That's a good idea. We'll do that for next week. Boogie Boogie Boogie. Is that a song? Uh-huh. Um... I don't know any other songs that have the word boogie in it. we'll look it up. Yeah, I got my research. (laughs) Um, So boogie wipes, they are uh, saline nose wipes, and it's made by moms for moms. It contains aloe, chamomile, and vitamin E. Um, So that sounds pretty good, right? Right, and for dads, too. And for me, when I have to blow my nose, because I've been using those because we bought some. So uh, avoid raw red nose that you get from dry, regular tissues. There you go. I know. So this isn't just for kids, sweetie. No. Um, I, I, I just never thought about it. So, but now I'm using it. So, and it's not, it's not your average wipe. It's not. And you may think it's funny when your nose is runny, but it's not. Comes in fresh scent, grape scent and unscented. And that's a no brainer. If you know who I am, it's all about the grape. (laughs) Um, So here's the offer. Five bucks off, free shipping. um, Five bucks off plus free shipping. First boogie, their first boogie wipes brand order of $25 or more. So you got to buy 25 bucks or you can just go to your grocery store and get it. But a lot of people like to buy stuff online these days. So. Well, and to buy, just buy it in bulk. Yeah. Then you don't have to like, do, it's so annoying to like go out and buy like four things of toilet paper or four boxes of Kleenex. Like just get a bunch so you have it. That's right. So the coupon code is Zen. Uh, the URL is boogiewipes.com slash Zen Parenting. So uh, check them out. And thank you to Boogie Wipes for supporting our show. 
So are we ready for John Oliver? Yeah. So uh, to set up the John Oliver thing again, it, it, he did a whole thing about public shaming. And it was a really interesting piece because he went back and forth between is public shaming sometimes helpful um, and can it help people shift their behavior? You know, he referred to Tucker Carlson, who had quite a week with uh, some some tapes resurfacing of um Interviews that he did where he said some very unkind things about women and uh, about a lot of different people. And, um, you know, is it can that be can public shaming then remind people that certain things that they say out loud are not okay for everybody? You know, that he may think that, but he, you know, saying that out loud perpetuates something negative, right? Um, So John Oliver kind of went back and forth and back and forth uh, because he on his show, does it? Does it? Yeah. And, and he said that. He said, but he said, but the thing that I want to make clear is when we're choosing to talk about someone or something, we are very thoughtful about who is this person? Do they have power? Are we? Should we be using their name? Do we really want to bring that much attention? So they do some discernment, complete discernment. But, but the but some people might say, dude, you're doing the same thing. Sure. So. And and he would have to, you know, this the goal of this show we're doing is not to defend John sure. Oliver, but it's to bring up that he actually got an interview with Monica. Lewinsky, um, which she doesn't, she doesn't give out very not often. Not very often. Now that it's been two decades, you know, she's a, she's become an anti-bullying um, activist, mm-hmm. and she has she has a really kind of great Twitter account. She's smart, funny, mm-hmm. can make light of things. Like I think uh, in her Twitter um, description, it says something like, you know, she because she's been in like over 140 rap songs. Mm. You know, she said something like a, a rap song muse. Mm. And I think she says something about beret wearing. Mm. Like she, she's had enough space between that, you know, you can't be Monica Lewinsky in the world and not not own yeah. that you're Monica Lewinsky. Because if you don't, then it's just going to be perpetuated. Right. You have to, so she's trying, she's, you know, forging a new path and at the same time also owning her history. Okay. So he does an interview with her in this first uh, clip. She, one of the questions he asks her has, is he said, have you ever thought about changing your name? Mm. And then when we're, when you think we're done, give me that. I will. Here we go. It's not that. And then lastly, I think it was also a principle in the sense that Bill Clinton didn't have to change his name. Nobody's ever asked him, did he think he should change his name? And so I think that that was an important, that's an important statement. You know, I'm not proud of all of the choices I've made in my life, but I'm, I'm proud of the person I am. I'm not ashamed of who I am. And I think that that is um, as hard as it has been to have that last name sometimes and the pain that I have felt of what it's meant for the other people in my family who have that last name. Um, I am glad I didn't change it. I definitely don't have All right. So, I mean, it's been interesting to watch her, like I I show her TED Talk um, every semester to my college class in regards to when we talk about online bullying because before we didn't even have social networking when uh, Monica Lewinsky was a household name, you know, in the 90s when everything happened. Um, But she was definitely one of the first people who was shamed online Mm -hmm. because the internet was around. Right. Um, And she, it was global shaming, which even saying that word, you know, it wasn't like just in her community or in the entertainment industry or in her neighborhood or just for a day. It was, you know, as she mentions in that conversation, it was, there's a scandal in our history of politics with her name on it. It's not the Clinton scandal. It's the Lewinsky scandal. And that is something that I've always found 
um, her ability to find, to get through it, first of all, and her ability to have wisdom within it and to speak up for other people. Like, I think she was a big advocate, or I know she was for the Trevor Project, that young man who killed himself because um, he was videotaped by his roommate. Mm. Um, He was, uh, he he was gay, but he hadn't come out yet. And he was videotaped by his roommate with another guy. Oh yeah, I remember that. And he was, it was put all over the internet, social networking, and he ended up committing suicide. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Trevor Project came from. And she was, she's been very, you know, supportive of that family and, and of that you know, organization. And just, I think sometimes we don't think about impact impact is a lot of times we're looking for likes or we're, we're looking for notoriety for breaking a story or we're, we haven't thought through why we're commenting on something. And, um, and sometimes we comment on something and we make a mistake and we say, I shouldn't have commented that that's definitely happened to me where maybe I've jumped all over a story or been so upset about something. And then it turns out the story hadn't been fully, um, developed yet. And I've, and I've learned, you know, I'm learning to wait until a story fully unfolds before I make a bunch of comments about it. Um, but I find interestingly inspiration from her. Mm. I think that she Well, is, she's resilient. That's what I mean. Yeah. Is, is you know, she, you know how old she was when she had an affair with Bill Clinton? 25. 22. Yeah, forget it. We're, a kid, we're babies. Uh, and, and that doesn't mean that her choices were good, and it doesn't mean that I'm saying, oh, it's no big deal. It was a huge deal. And the person she was with, it was a, it, you know, you can't, I can't sit here and pretend it wasn't. But to be able to, at least at the same time as realizing what a choice that was, realizing that she was only 22, because Todd, I don't even know what I was doing at 22. Like the choices I was making. Oh, I was an idiot. I, I was, was a total idiot. And, you know, we listened to that podcast and not to go down this road, but the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, what was the name of that podcast? Oh, Slow Burn. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I my perception of our former president changed quite dramatically mm-hmm. and my impression of Monica Lewinsky increased. Well, before I, I listened to that podcast, I'm like, Oh, it's all her fault and all that. And then you listen to details. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And just, you know, not only the impression of what happened with the Clinton administration, but the way the media portrayed For it, sure. you know, like we can sit here and say, whose fault was it more? There's enough blame to go around, but even some of the men, um, who were, in that interview and also on the Clinton, what was it called? The Clinton scandal? The thing I watched on TV on A&E. There was also... So you have a hard time keeping track of the things that you watch <laughs> that are scandalous and true story-ish. I love, I love true stories as long as they're over. I can't watch things as they're developing because I don't know how it's going to end. Um, but I was watching... Cue the part where you can't watch the end of a ball game. Right. I don't want to... You want to watch the replay. I want to watch... Uh, if I know what happened, I can watch anything. This we know, sweetie. So, like, I can watch the, all the, you know... Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, so she, you know... She was in that, too, in the A&E thing where she talked about how she was treated. And some of the the men, and I'm saying men because they were were all men, at least from what I saw in the FBI, feel bad Mm -hmm. about what they were asked to do by, not by the Clinton administration, but by the people under Kenneth Starr. Um, And so there was a sense of, of, 
I don't even want to go back in history and talk this through because, but right. there was an, a willingness to go after a young girl because they wanted their needs met and they wanted to take someone down. Do you know what this all reminds me of? Uh, last spring break, we were thumbing through the channels and the Steve Bartman thing came on. Oh yeah, we watched that. What was that called? I'm going to find it right now. It was called uh, Catching Hell, Inside the Bartman Debacle. Yeah. And my gosh, my heart just ached for that man. So non-Cubs fans may not know who that is. So Steve Bartman is the guy who interfered with the uh, pop-up that was going to Moises Alou in game six, six. Yeah. of um, the National League Championship Series, years before the Cubbies ended up winning the World Series. And he was, to say he was demonized um, is an understatement. And even the question of and he just... But he didn't... He didn't do anything, and then we'll get to the other part of the interview. Yeah. He didn't do anything that 90, 90% of the people would do, which is when a ball comes to you, most of us try to catch it. Yeah. I, 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 you know, and you, this might be come out the wrong way. I think I would have had a better baseball sense to not do it, but who knows? I don't know. I may have tried to catch it just like he did. Well, and I think sometimes you don't know what you're going to do. No, you don't. Nobody knows. Nobody, Nobody knows. knows until you get into it. And for us to demonize this young man and Monica Lewinsky and Felicity and Lori and all that, you know, there's nuances between each of the three yeah, cases. Right. I'm not trying to say that they're all the same, right. but I would just say check yourself. Well, and I think what we can do with these Situations Because whenever there's a scandal like this, I obviously love to read about it. I'm interested in it. But the reason I don't comment on it as much is because of what I just said. I don't know their experience. I don't know what they were told. I don't know their history. I don't know their pain. Um, and so what can I pull from it is kind of a deep dive into what would I do mm -hmm. in these situations and how do I respond in my own life in a way? Because I think a lot of us really love to point fingers and make someone else bad because it makes us feel better about who we are. Or, or if nothing else, just distracts us from Our own anything lives. else. It's why people like chaos. Yeah. Um, it's why people like drama. Yeah. Because if there's chaos and drama, then we don't have to look at our own experience. We get to say, can you believe what everybody else does. That is the heart of gossip mm -hmm. is the reason why certain people like to gossip is because it keeps, um, you know, there's an energy behind gossip that people just really want to know. Sure. So then you have information people want to know, and then you can talk about something that has nothing to do with you. And, um, and I, it, there is, even though we all, you know, read gossip, even if it's <laughs> government gossip, sure. we, we have choices. We either jump on the bandwagon and we become one of the people who are harming, mm -hmm. or we look at it and do a deep dive into our own integrity and character. And I don't mean we support the people making the poor choices, but we instead say, how can this story teach me something about who I am and how I'm showing up? And it could be simply that it is, you know, like when I read stories about people hurting children or whatever, I, I can't even like, I can't relate to that in any yeah. way, shape or form. I'm not sitting there saying, what would I do in that situation? I just say that person needs some help, yeah. you know, um, on a good day, on a good day. Yeah. yeah. If you're in a really bad mood, you might say something, something a little bit tougher, a little harsher. Yeah. You know, I get pretty work. I get pretty sad about the news. Um, so there are things that you really, do. Yes. <laughs> I get really sad uh, about certain things that I read and see, and I, I don't know how to process it sometimes. And I think sometimes that maybe I'm not supposed to. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my balance to, you know, I'm sitting here saying, read a story and reflect on it. And I think there's some stories that are so horrible that I'm not quite sure 
what the reflection is, except that it's just devastating. Yep. You know, I can't find myself in it. Sure. Um, right. And I'm hoping majority of us can't. So, but I guess I guess uh, the the last clip here that Todd's going to play is um, her her advice for someone who's maybe going through a hard public shaming. So before I play that, can I talk about our second partner Please, of the week? Yeah. Um, ImpactBaselineTesting.com. So what this does, it uh, measures brain function when you're in a healthy state. If you get a concussion, doctors will have your baseline as a comparison after the, after the injury. So it's one of those things that you want to have if, God forbid, you happen to take a fall. So um, so don't take a chance. Go to BaselineTesting.com. And here's the deal that they gave to us. Uh, if you put in Zen 25, you will get uh, five bucks off. So it's a no-brainer. Thank you to BaselineTesting.com for being our partner. And that's it. All right. All right. So here's John Oliver for number two. In the eye right now of the storm of public shaming or a kid who's being humiliated at school online, is there anything that you'd be able to tell them from your personal experience that nobody else could? The first thing I'd probably say is that you can get through it. You can move past it. I know it feels like in this one moment that your life will forever be defined by this, but it won't. And it may be hard. It may take more time than you ever could have imagined but you can move past something like this. Monica Lewinsky, thank you so much for- Thank you, Monica Lewinsky, for your words of wisdom. God, she she earned the right to be able to have- Have some advice yes, to give. Yes, my goodness. Yeah, and, and I think that I when I think about her experience, so, you know, you have a kid who's being bullied at school or you there's something going online, you know, in your neighborhood or in your church or in your school and- you know, you're feeling overwhelmed by the public shaming. And if someone like Monica Lewinsky can say to you, you're going to get through it, I think that's what I mean about inspiration is here's somebody whose whole life, I mean, she was on Saturday Night Live for like a year being mm -hmm. mocked. They were showing some things that John Oliver showed is how often, you know, the late night hosts would mock her. And here's the thing about that. Like, I know a lot of people say, well, that's still happening. But she was not the person with power. Yeah. She, you know, she was the one being thrown under the bus. She was called a slut. There was all these, you know, commentary about her choices, her looks, her appearance, um, you know, her dress. And she was the powerless one. Yep. And this is what, you know, something that Lauren uh, Michaels talks about all the time is that in comedy, the best comedy is punching up, mm -hmm. which means that someone in power... Mm -hmm. They get they, they can be joked about because they hold all the power. the power. But when there's somebody who is powerless, it's not funny. And we found diminishing her funny for almost five years. Yeah. Um, and now here we are two decades later. And can we learn something from what she's doing? You don't have to love her or like her or decide that she's your new, you know, guru. It's mm. it's not about that. It's about this is what I mean about, you know, again, John Oliver talked about this, about this is there's very there's a gray area. It's yeah. not about should we, shouldn't we? It's OK. It's not OK. It, there's a space in between, which, like I said, I like to call humility which means anything that is human is of us and that's my Angelou is not mine and um, and can we look at people rather than critically can we look at them as teachers hallelujah yeah um, so team Zen yeah we have uh, Zen talk this Friday Wow, already? Yes, because we're going on spring break. Aha. Uh -huh. And we had a Zen talk last Tuesday. Yeah, I feel like we just had one. And uh, these are some of the things that we worked on with our team. Uh, there was a wife trying to support a grieving husband. Uh-huh. 
thought that we helped her out a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, there's a woman on there who didn't know why she wasn't exercising more. So uh-huh. we just yeah. started talking about, I came up with my idea of how to help support her through change. And you had a very different idea. And and it was really deeper. It was more about not just exercise, but why do I know how do there's things I know I should be doing that are good for myself. Yeah. So why am I sitting in front of the computer? And if we could figure that out, that would be really and, great and put it on a, you know, tie a bow tie around it, we would be <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, there was another teammate who was uh, struggling or at least questioning the impact on adult arguments in front of their children. Yeah. And then one of our awesome team members gave us an update on uh, an anxiety episode by that, that her husband had. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of cool that our team is really kind of reaching out saying, oh my God, this happened and I'm struggling with it. And we help her, th- we help them through it, and then they give us updates afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, truly, is kind of like this little family that we've created. It's a team. It's a team. Um, so, if you're interested, go to zenparentingradio.com. We have two live ten- Zen talks a month. We have a Facebook page. You, we have about 53 Zen talks that you get access to the minute you sign up. Um, discounts on our uh, Zen store, and that includes tickets to the conference. Yeah, and it's only 25 bucks a month. So you should check that out. And um, I don't know, anything else you want to talk about there, sweetie? No, I'm kind of like relieved that um, we don't have to talk about the conference yet. Right. It's not, it, not because I don't love it. Because yesterday it's... was the expiration of the early, early bird special. Ah, so, so you guys missed over. that. Maybe they didn't. Some people got them. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have a little more of a, uh, I mean, now we have to start the process of doing it again. Yep. But I'm taking a little break. A well-deserved break, (laughs) I might add. Uh, Don't forget, I coach guys. So if there's anybody out there that wants some help with that, I am open for business. First session's free. So go to toddadamscoaching.com. And I think that's about it. Let's cue the music. Why not? Why not? Let's do this. Why not? Who cares? Um, We'll see you guys next Friday, I guess. Oh, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He is. Avidco.net, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Um, Keep trucking, everybody. Have a good week. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, and get discounts on everything that we offer. Get your tickets for our annual Zen Parenting Conference on March 8th and 9th, 2019. Sweet. Get your brave on with Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Devorah Heitner, and enjoy a weekend in a warm and friendly environment of like-minded people. Tickets are available at zenparentingradio.com. Sweetie, it's going to be off the hook. I know. Um, interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. They're not your three books. Well, your three books. Thank you. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. 
Um, guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? Good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, FaceTime, you choose. If you're in Chicago, contact me about the tribe. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And don't forget about our 2019 Unplug, Connect, and Transform Retreat. More, more on that later. Special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support, Jeremy. Sweetie, he's a bald head of beauty. I know this. All right, everybody, keep trucking. See you next week. Adios.